Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. All right, uh, my grandkids are here with me this weekend, so I'm going to use a little bit more hand sanitizer, those little bags of germs. I mean, those sweet little children. So, uh, yeah, at this time of year, this is really hugely important because we have uh, all sorts of wonderful things like the flu and norovirus going around. And it, that kind of introduces one thing we're going to be talking about today, coming clean before God. And, and, and so as we do that, uh, just want to, uh, you know, kind of tell you that's where we're headed. Uh, my son is here and my, my daughter-in-law and my two of my grandchildren, and I'm so thankful he's not in here this time. He teaches theology at Point University, and uh, I'm always nervous when he's here because I'm going to say something and he's going to tell me later that it was wrong, but he corrected all the errors from the first service, and you guys are going to get the story right this time, so uh, you can be happy about that. We're in this series called Prism, and and, and it really is about, it really is about um, uh, reflecting the the glory, reflecting the light of Christ through our life. Now, let me tell you two things about this prism that will make it not useful. Number one, in the dark, it does nothing, okay? It just sits there, and also if it's dirty, okay? If it's dirty, if it's covered with something, the light can't reflect through it. And we're going to talk about both of those things today as we look at 1 John, the first chapter, and verse 5. Uh, so if you have your Bible or your device, you can go there and stay there because we're going to work through that. We're going to work through that chapter or the few verses there and, and help us to understand what we want to talk about. Uh, a number of years ago, I would lead college students on, on mission trips. We would go across the border into Juarez, Mexico to build a house. I, I'll never forget this trip. It was crazy. We moved into Juarez and, uh, and got to our building site, and it was on the side of a hill, and it wasn't level. It was actually going to take us about three-quarters of a day to get it level. On top of that, I looked down the hill about 100 yards, okay? And that's where our water supply is. That meant that we would carry carry water uphill to mix the concrete by hand to build the foundation. On top of that, just to make things even better, the second day we got into an epic sandstorm. Now in a sandstorm, I I can't see but about 20 feet in front of me, and on top of that, it's like being sandblasted, and sand is getting into every nook and cranny in your body, and it's not a comfortable thing. And so we're hoping to finish this on the fourth day around noon. That wasn't happening. We like to dedicate the building, head into the market, and buy some souvenirs, and then get to, to, to the other to the border, get cleaned up, and, and celebrate. It was 3.30 when we were dedicating the building, uh, the, the little house for this family. And, and after we did that, I said to the students, okay, if we want to get someplace to eat tonight and have a, have a great meal, uh, we're going to need to skip, we're gonna need to skip the, the market. And they said, no. And I said, well, we need to get cleaned up. And they said, we'll go to the restaurant just like we are. Okay, now let me tell you how they were. Uh, They had stucco on them. They had this stuff that we used to seal the roof. Uh, It was a a black tar-like substance. They had paint. And on top of all this, they had an odor, okay? I, I don't know any nice way to say it. They stunk. 
So, so at this point, that's the only people we were around, so they were fine with it. So we loaded in the vans, and we headed to the market. And when we got out of the market, you know what? Nobody there looked like us. Nobody there was as nasty, as dirty, or as smelly as us. And I can remember after the market, one of the young ladies kind of said, uh, Mike, I think we need to go to the hotel and get cleaned up before we go to the restaurant. I said, now you realize that we won't eat till 8.30 or 9 o'clock tonight if we do that. And she says, I don't want to be seen like this. That's what we're going to talk about today. And sometimes in our world that we get our lives so messed up that we're actually embarrassed about it. We, we don't want to be seen. And so that's where we're headed today. In, in 1 John, the, the, the first chapter in verse 5. And here's, a, here's the, the sermon in a sentence. And the sermon in a sentence is pretty simple. We must move out of the darkness and into the light. We must move out of the darkness and into the light. And just like with those students, can I tell you what happens? Is when we move into the light, we see that there are some issues, that there are some sins in our life, and then we're going to be ready to correct them. And, and, and you know, it may not be with hand sanitizer, but, but we have a way that we can cleanse ourselves, and we're going to learn about that today. So let, let's, uh, let's jump in at First John, uh, the, the first chapter in verse 5 and 6. It says, this is a message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Now, what John is saying here as we begin this, he says, you have a choice. You have a choice. You can live in the light or you can live in the darkness. If you choose to live in the darkness, this is what you need to know. God is not there. You can't claim to have fellowship with God and live in the darkness because he's not there. So he says, you have a choice to make. So the first thing I want to tell you is that we've got to make that choice, and that choice is this, is that we need to walk in the light. That's the first blank. We need to walk in the light. We have the choice. And we can choose darkness. And to choose darkness, you have to do nothing. We live in a very dark world. But to choose light means that you intentionally begin to move in that direction and, and let the light shine on you. And as the light shines on you, you're going to see some things. You're going to see some things that, that, that might not be pretty, and it's going to motivate you to deal with them. So let's look at 1 John, uh, the first chapter in verse 7. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we walk in the light, there are two things that happen. The first one is we become a part of a fellowship. We become a part of a team, uh, something that is much bigger than us. Uh, now, now, can I tell you, we've seen that here in recent days. Last Friday evening when we did Night to Shine, we ministered to 150 guests with special needs and their caregivers and their families. And as we did that, you know what I will tell you? I could not do that by myself. Amy Rayburn, who organized it, could not do it by herself. Our staff team could not do it. But we have a group of people that walk in the light. They have the power of God in them. And in that fellowship, you know what happens? We're able to do things that are bigger than what we could normally do. We are a part of something much bigger. There were other churches involved. There were people uh, that, that came from other places to be a part of this. Why? Because there is this fellowship that allows us to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. 
There's a, 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 another thing that just happened recently. I haven't told you all this yet. You know that we went to Nepal, and I met a pastor, and he needed a building to, 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 to be built, and uh, they didn't have the money. So we've been trying to raise the money for, for that to happen, and we raised over $20,000, and there's going to be a church building built in Joomla, Nepal. Amen? And that, that, that's good stuff, okay? $20,000, and, 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 but that could not be done by just one person. That's done because the fellowship, that which is bigger than us. So when we walk in the light, we become a part of that fellowship. But the second thing that happens is that when you and I walk in the light, there is the purifying effect of the light that comes through the blood of Jesus. There is the forgiveness. Now hear this. In 2 Timothy, the second chapter in verse 20, this is what it tells us, that there are two types of vessels. There's vessels that are used for, 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 for just common purposes, and then those vessels that are used for noble purposes. The noble purposes are used uh, for, for things for God, and you know what the difference between the two are? One has been cleansed and the other hasn't. You see, that's why we need the purification in our lives, the purifying of God, because what happens? It allows us to be used by him to do great things. So we have this great fellowship of people, and then on top of that, we have the cleansing that comes from God, and that allows us to do great things. Now, I want to explain to you why the darkness is bad. We're going to look at John, the third chapter in verse 19. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does the evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. I call this the cockroach effect. If you turn on a light and you have roaches in your house, what happens? They run. Okay? That's what it's saying here, that the evil wants the darkness. And, and when we want the darkness, we got to ask ourselves, okay, is there evil in my life? Because, see, walking in the light will show that. And if there's evil there and we're not dealing with it, it may be because we're not in the light. Now, now this is what you and I need. We constantly need a light in our lives. Psalm 119 and 105, it, it tells us that your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. This is the light that we have. You and I live in a dark world, okay? And we need a light. And the God's word is that. It, it shows us uh, where the path is. It guides our feet. When we were in Nepal a few months ago, we were in places that had no light at night. There was no electricity. We couldn't see where we were going. So we, we bought these things and we would put them on our heads and we would use them to show the way, these little lights. And I got to tell you, they were so useful. But that's what God has given us in his word, a way that we can see the path. There's a passage in, in, uh, in, in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, Proverbs 4, and, and this is what it says. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like the deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. They do not know what makes them stumble. I want to have my, light, I want to have my path lighted so I can see where I'm going so that I don't stumble. So I want to walk in the light. And as I walk in the light, can I tell you what will happen? I will begin to notice that there are some things in my life that aren't right. Let's look at 1 John 1.8. 1 John 1.8. 1 
He says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So we're walking in the light. And you know what? Sometimes we do want to say, I'm fine. I'm all right. But let's be honest. The Bible makes it pretty clear that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, 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 you know, why we get in the light, can I just tell you, it's going to happen. You and I are walking in the light. The closer that we get to Jesus, the more that, that we get right there next to him, what you're going to see is from the light, the sin that is in your life. And, and it can be a little bit depressing, but that's the second thing that I want to tell you, is that when we walk in the light, we're going to realize that we need to come clean. That's the second, the second thing you need to write down there, is to come clean. You and I have a choice. Now, we can live in the darkness or in, in the light. We can stay dirty, and then we won't be useful to God, or we can come clean. And, and so I, I want you to understand how this happens. First uh, uh, John chapter 1 and, and, and verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, okay, the idea of confessing sins there is if we agree with God that it is sin, if we agree with God that it is damaging our life, if we agree with God that we're missing the mark or falling short, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. He is going to love us. He's going to love us no matter what. He will love us always, but He's also going to to have to have justice. When you and I sin, there is a penalty that is connected with it, and, and, and it's death. And, it, it, and can I tell you what happened? Jesus voluntarily took death in my place when he died on the cross, and that allows me to have life forever. So, so, so that justice that had to be paid has been paid, and he says, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you and I will agree with God that our sin is damaging, if you and I will say, I, I, I know this is not good, I know I'm headed in the wrong direction, and we begin to take steps to turn from it, can I tell you what? Then God begins to work in us, and, and, and we will forgive our sins and purify us. The best thing about purifying is that means that you become a useful vessel in God's hands that he can use. It's that simple. If we confess, if we confess God's faithfulness, God's justice is taken care of through Jesus, and then he's willing to forgive us and purify us, we come clean. But let's look at 1 John 1.10 now, a, a reminder. He says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Let's not play a game and say, well, I'm all good. Let's be honest and say, God, I see my sin. I need your help. I want to turn from it. I, I want us to go to, to Psalm chapter 32. We'll start in verse 1 there. And, and I want you to see, uh, uh, get an idea of exactly what it means to confess from this. He says, blessed is the one whose transgressions, transgressions is just a fancy word for sin. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are forgiven, who, who when they fell short, that's forgiven, whose sins are covered, okay? They're covered by the blood of Jesus, okay? Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. You see all those blessedness there. I like that. My transgressions are not going to be, are, are, are going to be forgiven. And my sins are going to be covered so that, so that they're, they're not there anymore. And on top of that, there, there's going to be uh, sins that aren't counted against me. I want that, okay? Uh, because I've got a lot of sins. I, I've got a lot of transgressions. I, I, I've got a lot of things that could be accounted against me. So, so that's pretty important that we want that, okay? We want that blessedness. But he kind of drives the point home in the next verse, in, in, in verse 3. 
In, in, in Psalm, Psalm 32 and verse 3, he says, When I kept silent, when I didn't confess my sin, is what he's saying. When I didn't say to God, yeah, I agree with you. He said, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my, through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as if in the heat of summer. It has a physical effect on us when we don't agree with God about sin, when we don't confess our sin. It says it goes right down to the bone. It goes deep. And, and on top of that, it will pull the strength out of us. I've been there. When I've wanted to, to look the other way with my sin, when I said, oh, oh God, I, yeah, no, that's not as bad as it, you make it sound. When I, when I go there, and in fact, I will tell you this, whenever I, I find myself sinking into maybe a little depression or, 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 or I'm beginning to be sapped of my strength or, or just feel like I don't want, can't go on, I always ask this question, is there a sin you're not dealing with, Mike? Because so many times that's exactly what it is. So he, he kind of is driving it home. He says, you want to be blessed. You want to have your transgressions forgiven. And, but you don't want to be silent about it because it has a physical effect. And then in verse 5, he, he tells us exactly what is important here. He says, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. And, and I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. I need that, okay? I, I don't know about you, but I need that. And, and, and it comes from me acknowledging my sin. Some of you are all sitting here right now because you tell me this often. You know, Mike, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how many times I've done it. I, I, I just want you to understand, Mike, that, that, I, that I'm a really bad person. Let me tell you who wrote this. His name was David. He was a king. And, and, and he wrote it in response to something that happened in his life. He committed adultery with one of his soldier's men, and she became pregnant. And part of the cover-up, and it did mention cover-up there, and part of the cover-up was that he had her husband killed and took her as his wife. As his wife. Now, now did you catch that? That's pretty bad, isn't it? You know, if you're ranking sin, and I don't really think there is a rank, if you, if you sin, you sin, okay? But if you're ranking sin, you're probably looking at it going, that guy's a mess. But you know what is written about him in the book of Acts? That he was a man after God's own heart. So as you think about that, and you may be thinking, well, my life is so messed up. Can I tell you what? Your life isn't so messed up that the love and grace and forgiveness of Jesus can't minister to you. It's just a matter of going to him and saying, Lord, I need your help. I realize that I'm headed in the wrong way. I want you to see what it says in, in uh, Proverbs 28, verse 13. He says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them find mercy. I need that. So, so we've talked so far about walking in the light. The bad thing about walking in the light, you and I are going to see our sins, but the good thing is the love of Jesus, and when we confess him, when we come clean, he is faithful and just. And now, now i got to tell you, up to this point, that's pretty good news, isn't it? And I, and I want you to understand that. So the third thing, as I, I would tell you, is that we need to tell the world. 
We have a light that will keep us from stumbling. And when we walk in it, yes, sometimes it's going to show us that our lives aren't right, but then we can go to our God and confess. So so I want other people to have this, and I'm going to tell them. But I want you to understand why I want to tell them. In in, in 1 John, the second chapter, verse 1, this is what it says. It says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Okay, his goal is that we wouldn't sin. His goal is that we wouldn't sin. You've you got to understand that. Uh, sin is just going to hurt us. But then he says, but if anybody does sin, and they are going to, okay? But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That, that word advocate would be similar to a, an attorney, somebody that would represent us before a judge, somebody that's going to go before the judge and say, uh, I, I, I represent them, and, and we're looking for mercy. Now, let me tell you the good news about this. That advocate, Jesus Christ, is the favorite son of the judge, God. Hmm. That, that makes me feel a little bit better about going before the judge. I don't know about you, but, but, but his favorite son is going to, to represent me. His favorite son is going to go before the judge and say, hey, I, 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 I'm on their side. I want some help here. But then I read Hebrews, the, the fourth chapter, and in and, and, and verse 14, it tells us that our high priest, our advocate, is able to empathize with us. And why does it say that? Because he's been tempted just as we are. So our advocate right there, the, the, the judge's favorite son, goes before the father and says, I understand why they did that because I was on earth and I was tempted in the same way. Have mercy on them. I like that so far. Okay? But let's keep on reading in John, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2. And then it says, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. So, so now we have this high priest, we have this advocate, he is the judge's favorite and only son, and on top of that, he has lived just like we have, and he represents us before God. But you know what? We're still going to get a penalty, and it's called death. And what it says there is that he became the sacrifice. He died in our place. That's good news. And you know what? It says there at the end of that, and also for the sins of the world. That's why we're in Nepal. That's why we're in Ethiopia. That's why we're in Haiti. Why? Because we have a job to tell somebody. That's what we learned last week. You see, if we can walk in the light and we can save people pain, if we can confess and come clean, we we need to tell somebody. And, and, And as you begin to think about that in your life, this is what we've got to do. We've got to move from the darkness into the light. And as we walk in the light and we see things, we get better because we confess them. But when we realize how good God is and how great he is, we've got a job to do to tell other people. We've got to tell somebody. So that's my challenge today. And my challenge is just pretty simple. Make sure you're walking in the light. And when you see something isn't right, come clean and confess to him. And then enjoy the forgiveness. And then tell somebody about what he's done. Would you bow your heads? Father, we thank you for the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. We thank you that that, that we can take our transgressions, we can take our sins, we can take all that that is wrong with us to you, and that, Father, you offer forgiveness. And so, Father, today I pray that you'll speak to our hearts, 
that we might enjoy the forgiveness that you give us. Father, I pray today if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know the cleansing, that they would understand that. And they would allow you to work in their hearts and lives. Speak to us right now, Father, for I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 12, 14 is going to come up on the screen behind me. And, and, and I want you to see what it says. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's a little scary, isn't it? Without holiness. Can I tell you, I'm not there. I'm not holy. Uh, but, but I will tell you this. Uh, while I'm not holy, I have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. Okay? That, that's how it works. And, 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 and I maintain that holiness through my relationship of walking in the light. And, 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 and confessing and coming clean. And, and you know what? Because of that, I, I, I'm able to stand here with confidence to say, I will see the Lord one day. Okay? And I want every single one of you to have that confidence. We're not one of the, the, the traditions where you, you come to church and, and, and uh, I sit in a little booth and you tell me your sins. Uh, and uh, I think sometimes we need that though because there are lots of people that sit in our seats every week and they'll say this I don't think God could forgive me if you don't hear anything else that I would say today is there's nothing that you've done there's nowhere that you've been there's not too many times if you'll come back to him and say Lord I agree with you about this sin he will work in your life and cleanse and that holiness will be given to you through the blood of Jesus Christ if you need somebody to tell you today that you're forgiven, if you need somebody today to say to you today, that sin is not too big, we're going to be up front. Uh, but can I tell you what? Just in confessing, just in going to him and saying, Lord, I agree. The, the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Word begins to happen, and it changes lives. So let's stand and sing this little song called Create in Me a Clean Heart, and let him do that today. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at